to the United Pentecostal Church this beautiful Sunday morning, seeing the sun shining. That's a beautiful thing, a beautiful sight to be seeing. Uh, we do have a, a few announcements this morning. We are blessed to have Brother Brad and Sister Jenna here this morning. I did get the chance to ask uh, Brother Ronnie Morton this morning. I said, is Brother Brad your favorite son-in-law? And he did agree. Brother Brad, you are his favorite. So, uh, but we, the announcements, we have a strawberry fun, fundraiser is underway. They still need almond bark uh, donations. Please leave it in the kitchen. Uh, the strawberry orders are due February the 11th. Today is missions pledge due. Uh, the February events, uh, the 11th is the Tupelo Love Offering, uh, 11th is Strawberry Orders Due, and the 11th is also Youth Sunday. The 14th is Strawberry Delivery and Pickup. The 22nd is the Ladies United Fellowship. The 28th is Mission Pledge Due Again. So if you want to stand and just wave at your neighbor, if you feel comfortable shaking hands with somebody, we're glad to have all the visitors in the house and we're glad to have all the regulars in the house. And if we could just worship the Lord this morning.
moment before we take the, the prayer request I just want to tell a little story uh, back in 2011 I was we was in the old sanctuary and we was having a altar call at the end of the service and it was a phenomenal service uh, the preaching was great preaching uh, but it was where I got the call to go into the ministry and as we was down in the altar and I didn't know I was going into the ministry uh, but just the move of God was there so quick and the preacher that was preaching it was a visiting preacher and he come up to me and he said you are going to preach the word of God you are called to preach the word of God and for a brief moment I allowed Satan to enter that presence and I'm like this guy don't know what he's talking about he don't know me he don't know the calling upon I mean he don't know me from Adam but then it was a, a young preacher and I'm like no this dude's got it wrong but then I thought you know God it's not about what Jeff wants to do it's about what God wants to do in Jeff's life and that visiting preacher was Brother Brad Davis. And I don't know if he ever remembers that, but I can take you to the exact same spot we were down there at the altar when he come up and prayed a prayer and he told me that. And I'm like, but I allowed Satan. And, you know, it was just like Jesus. Uh, Satan went to him and he tried to tempt him in many different ways. And Satan's going to try to come to you. So no matter what we're praying for or what we're praying for today, if the enemy comes in to you and tells you that you're not going to get a healing, that you're not going to get delivered, that your loved one is not going to be healed, the enemy is a liar. I promise you, I am standing here as living proof of what God can do. So with that being said, we do have a, a few needs to take before the Lord today. Uh, we need to pray for the pastor and his family. Uh, we need to pray for R.C. Clark, Brother Bethany's stepdad. He's in ICU. Rhonda Scholar, Toby, Tobias Gonzalez, Mitchell DuBose, Olivia Harrington, Della Joyce, Randall Clark, Brother John Proctor. We have names up on the board as well. Uh, we continue to need to pray for, pray for all these needs that are up there. We need to continue to pray for the nation of Israel, uh, for all of the elections that's coming up, and just believe, believing that God's going to be in control. And if you have a need in your body this morning, if you want to come down and be prayed for by ministers, they will anoint you with oil. And I agree that the, the oil anointing is not just a ritual. It works. I've watched God raise up people from hospital beds to where they, did, they were out. But God has raised them up. So if you have a need in your body this morning, uh, come down to the altar and we'll pray for you. Father, we're thankful for this day. Lord, you know every need that was written before you this morning. God, I plead the blood of Jesus over Brother R.C. this morning. God, I thank you for what you're going to do in his life today.
come. We're going to receive our, our tithe and offering. COVID, y'all, you ushers, go ahead and come. You know, COVID really took a toll on a lot of us. Uh, it took a toll on the prison over there uh, where volunteers wasn't able to come. Volunteers didn't want to go. And so I took, uh, I went over there, I mean, every week I was going over there. I was feeling the chaplain and got sick. So I got burnt out on it. I mean, I just, going over there, spending nine hours a day uh, on Sundays. And I thought, you know, how terrible is that that you get burnt out on the things of God? But it was the drive, it was the spiritual attacks that, that come along with that demeanor over there. But so I took about a year off. Uh, from going over there but starting this month I'm going to start going back over to Telford and the men over there they depend on this church uh, they have seven days a week they have different uh, volunteers that come in over there now and every week they wait for us to they, they take up prayer requests just like we do and so they wait for me to come back over there to bring them prayer requests back for this church to pray over because there's something about having a church that prays and touches the hem of his garment. There's something about having a relationship with him to where these men, they depend on this church. They depend on us. And I want to thank the ladies, Sister Dots, who I give them to, but the ladies of the church that meet on Tuesday mornings for the prayer meetings. They pray over the needs of the men over there at Telford. And I am thankful for that. So as we get ready to take our tithes and offerings, Father, we're thankful for this day. We're thankful for this opportunity to give to you. God, I thank you for everything that you do for this church, for the monies that are allowed to be brought to you. God, I pray that you would bless this offering. I pray that you would bless those that have to give and those that do not. Lord, so it could go to the furtherance of your kingdom. In Jesus' name.
Emerson. She needs a special healing. She's a fourth grader at Bailey North Lamar. She's been diagnosed with leukemia. So if we could say a prayer for Anna Emerson. Father, you know the need for this young child, God. I plead the blood of Jesus. I bind every spirit of hell that's going to try to cause confusion and lie to that family, Lord. I pray that you would move inside of that situation today. Let your will be done today, oh God. Hallelujah, God. Give that family strength. Give that girl strength. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Now it's time for Brother Brad Davis. I want him to come. We want him to come and minister the Word of God. He is the pastor of Life Point Church in Dayseta, Texas, and we are thrilled to have him and his wife here this morning worshiping with us. So, Brother Brad, just come and take your liberty this morning. Let's give that to Jesus. How about that? Amen. We love you, Jesus. I feel to stay in this vein right now. If you need something from the Lord this morning, perhaps you got something in your family going on in your body, would you lift your hands right now? There's no other name I know like the name of Jesus. Let's sing that, baby. No other name. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. The Holy Ghost can meet you this morning. the message entitled there's nobody like Jesus and he said something rather humorous but also powerful he said I, I don't care what you do with John's name you best not mess with my Jesus name you can say anything about Brad you want because Brad can't heal you Brad can't save you but Acts 4.12 said there's not any salvation it's all in the if you need healing, he said, I can pray in the... If you need deliverance, I can pray in the... The name of Jesus can go where you and I can't go. 
There's a reason why God told Moses at a Red Sea, if you'll just stand still, you're fixing to see some things you can't do by yourself. God have mercy. If you can just stand still, Jesus can walk up in that backslidden daughter or backslidden son's house that you think they'll never come. They told you, I'll never step foot in the doors again. But Jesus can go where you can't go this morning, my friend. If you had a needle hanging out your arm two weeks ago, I can tell you, I pastor people who had a needle in their arm six and eight months ago, but now they're shouting the victory. You won't know why. It's all in the name. It's on the name. Yes, it is. My, 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 my. Thank you, praise team. Wasn't that great? Amen. Thank God for the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm the only preacher you'll get that preaches before he preaches. Amen. Amen. My great uncle, who I had the honor of taking after he pastored many years in Dayzetta. I get it from him, I guess, because he was the same way. Amen. Amen. So good to be in service on a Sunday morning. Turn to someone and tell them, you look great today. Don't lie about that. Now you'll go to hell. Amen. Amen. It is so good to be in Paris, Texas on a Sunday morning with God's people. Amen. 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 I always give high honor to Pastor Meyer and his wife and sweet family who have been great uh, mentors in my life over the years. And I was telling uh, a pastor friend last week, or my wife, I forget who, but it's hard to believe I've been coming to this church for 17 years now, off and on. And uh, Pastor Myers had an incredible impact on my life, and we thank God for Pastor. Amen. Amen. It's always good to be with my family, love and appreciate them, love my wife, my kids, and uh, we're blessed, greatly blessed. Amen. Give honor to our home church, Life Point. Love them so much. Amen. I preached here September the 13th last year, and I left Paris. It was a cloudy morning. I was headed back home, and the Lord spoke to me, and he said, when you go back to Paris, you are to preach this. Now, Pastor Meyer ain't asked me to come back. He ain't called me. He ain't told me, so I was up in the air about when is this supposed to happen, and, uh, and if God's in it, God got to do it. And a couple months later, he contacted me and asked that we'd come. And, and I knew I was going to speak this word today. And, uh, you know, the most important thing, I'm aware of the time. It's 1030. And I believe we can be done praying and everything by 1120, 1130. So if you'll just give me some time. The most important thing in your life, in all of our lives, is at the end of it all, to hear Jesus say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Having a good life, having material things, that's great. Nothing wrong with that as long as we have our priorities right. I mean, Jesus does have to be at the center. And if he's not the center, nothing else matters. We sung a song years ago, an old song called Change Me, Lord. He said, don't let me stay the same. Why? Because I want to be like him. Before I preach this, I want, let's just sing this old song if you know it. Let's sing it, babe. Amen. Change me, Lord. Change me.
you have your Bibles this morning, if not, they'll put it on the screen. We're turning to Matthew chapter 25. If you read Matthew 24, Jesus gives his disciples what we would call the signs of the time. They said, Lord, show us what is, when is the end? How will we know that the end is coming? How will we know that it's almost going home time, so to speak? He lists them many reasons. And then in chapter 25, he gives a very interesting parable that relates to us in a spiritual matter. Jesus said in verse 1, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps, and what did they do? They took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Scripture says that while the bridegroom tarried, everyone said all. Those who were wise and even those who were foolish, what did they do? They all slept. And at midnight, the scripture says, there was a cry made. Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, give us of your oil. For our lamps, it's going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And the Bible says, While they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And they that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. This is King James. It's Old English. But I'm going to preach today from verse 6. The Bible says, And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. I want to preach today on just that thought, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Let's pray. Lord, I pray the anointing of your spirit would be in this room today. God, we're nothing. I'm nothing without you. I, I can't do anything without you. Lord, bless these sweet people. Help us, God, to be an encouragement and help us, God, to examine, God, our hearts, examine our lives, God. Help us, Holy Ghost, to make any necessary changes, God, to be ready to meet you at your coming. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said amen. And God bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word. You may be seated. Some years back, while scrolling through Facebook, 
I saw a picture of a young lady who had gotten married some years earlier, and she was sharing the memory of her wedding day. And maybe it's just the preacher in me, I don't know, but when I saw the picture, the simple thought occurred to me that her as a bride and every other bride will do everything they can to look their best on their wedding day. The bride works as hard as she can because she desires to please her husband-to-be. That's why she will spend months trying to find the perfect wedding dress. Any bride did that? Nobody did that? Amen. One or two of you? The bride will sometimes spend years dreaming and thinking of that one day. She wants the perfect songs. She wants every decoration to be perfect, beautiful. She is preparing for what will be her happiest and best day in her life outside of her spiritual experiences. She is preparing for the day when she takes on the last name of the bridegroom, her husband. Today I've come prayerfully to encourage us, to awaken us, and to perhaps warn us of the serious need to be aware at what hour we are living in. Again, I felt strongly impressed some months ago to speak to you wonderful people about this particular message today. I think it is imperative for us to be aware and on our tiptoes in understanding that the midnight cry, or as Paul would say at the trump of God, it's going to sound at a day that we expect not. I understand that perhaps it's not popular to maybe speak along these lines and and about making sure our, our hearts are right with the Lord, but please hear me on this last Sunday in January. It is Time, it's high time, if you will, to check your lamps, so to speak, to make sure they are full of oil or in New Testament terminology, they are full with the Spirit of God. Scripture says that we are to make our call and our election sure. Come to preach, behold, the bridegroom cometh. We are, I think you don't take a prophet to know this. I'm not end time prophecy guy if you think that I'm the wrong guy for you. But it don't take a scientist or a prophet to know that we are on the verge of the second coming of Christ returning to earth. When the trump of God is going to sound like the apostle Paul said in 1 Thessalonians. He said... For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of 
the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. And today, hear me please, if there was ever a day that we need to wake out of any sleep, out of any slumber, it is right now in 2024. Whatever you do, I've been guilty of this. I've been raised all of my life in this, and I know what it is to hear messages like this and to think to yourself, I've heard that before. I've heard that same line over and over and over. But may I remind you what the scripture says that they were also, the Bible says, eating, drinking, and giving in marriage in the days of Noah when it caught them unawares as to what was coming. And today is no different in 2024. Life is going at such a breakneck speed. It's sometimes hard to keep up with what's going on. But my prayer today is with the help of the Holy Ghost to in Encourage all of us to get our hearts right with God. Amen. But when I, when I, we have to make sure that you and me are living a life that is obedient to God. We have to make sure on this last Sunday in January that we are getting out anything in our hearts that should not be. Be there. Behold, Jesus told them in Matthew 25, the bridegroom, he is coming. He said to make sure that the oil in your lamps have not gone out. I prayed for everybody in this church last week. I prayed for everybody connected to this church last week. And I prayed, God, help Brad Davis first, help my family, and help all of you sweet, wonderful people in your families to make sure our hearts are right before God. Why do you say that, preacher? That almost sounds like a fear monger. No, it's not fear. It's just a simple truth that it's almost midnight and the bridegroom is coming back for his church. And Jesus said, I'm coming back for a bride that has made herself ready. He said, behold, the bridegroom cometh. Even now, Joel said, declares the Lord, return to me with all of your heart. With fasting and weeping and mourning, he said, rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God for he is gracious, he is compassionate, he is slow to anger, he is abounding in love and he relents from sending calamity. You know what he's saying here? He's saying change your life. Don't just talk about it. He said it's bigger than just lip service. It's got to be a heart change. We sung about it today. Change me, Lord. Don't let me stay the same. I've got to be just like you. He said take my life. Make my life anything you want it to be. I just ask you to change me because, Lord, I know there is still coming a day when the eastern skies are going to part. And hear me right now in the Holy Ghost. Even if the eastern skies don't part for a thousand years, it could be in the next 30 minutes God snatches me out of here. And if that's the case, I've got to make sure my heart and my mind and my soul is ready to meet God. Man, God is wanting to awaken us to shake off the sleep that weighs so heavily on us. 
to get fresh oil in your lamp. Why? Because the bridegroom is coming. The bridegroom is on his way for the church. We have to make sure our vessels are full of oil. You have to make sure that you are, everyone said, filled. Filled with the Spirit. Now hear me today. Having the Holy Ghost does not necessarily mean you are filled with it. Hear what Paul says in Ephesians. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days they are evil, he said. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And here it is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Another verse, the Spirit baptized believer says it like this. In 1 Thessalonians, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. He said, I pray that, I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. This verse here is speaking holy sanctified. Again, that's old English and it means this, that believers are called to dedicate their whole being, spirit, soul and body to God's purposes, striving for holiness and living a life that reflects Christ's character. Now the Bible would not make such statements to people with the Holy Ghost if such things were automatically fulfilled by simply being filled with the Holy Ghost. And so this shows us that we may be Christians quote unquote with the Holy Ghost but not be wholly sanctified. What's that mean? That means when you receive the Holy Ghost, I've said this for some time now, God showed me, I feel a while back that Acts 2.38, we're top heavy on Acts 2.38. We preach the fire out of repentance, baptism in his name and receiving the Holy Ghost, evidence speaking in tongues and that is Bible and that is the way to heaven. But hear me friend, Acts 2.38 is not all of truth. Acts 2.38 is a part of the truth because that's your ticket out of here. But the whole truth is called sanctification. That's called what I do after the fact. That's called how I'm living after the fact. That's called God make me whole like you. Make me pure like you. Make me like you, Jesus. Paul is saying you have to be holy. W-H-O-L-L-Y. Holy sanctified. He said your entire body, your mind, your spirit has to be wholly sanctified. The Amplified said Paul's version like this, don't get drunk with wine for that's wickedness. He said that's corruption, that's stupidity. He said but be filled with the Holy Spirit and constantly guided by him. Now it's important you notice this and I'm going to slow down just to hit something I felt to say here. The Amplified in this particular verse in Ephesians 5.18, it shows the Greek idea of what he is saying when he says you are to be filled with the Spirit. When he says filled, what he's saying there is this, you are to be fully controlled by the Spirit. Now we know that the Holy Ghost is not physical. So it's not like water physically filling you up and leaving no empty physical space in you when it speaks of being filled. But when it says that you are to be filled with the Holy Ghost, when we talk about our lamps being full of oil or being full of the Holy Ghost, all it's saying is this, you have to be under the complete influence. 
You have to be fully controlled by the Holy Ghost. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you in every area of your life. That's why he emphasized don't be drunk with wine because when someone's drunk on alcohol, they're controlled by that. They're influenced by that. He said, but I want you to be filled with the Spirit because if I can get you filled up with the Holy Ghost, can't nothing stop you. Can't nothing stand in your way and you won't have any problems submitting to God and submitting to his way. It's high time that we as spirit believers understand the value. It's not enough to get a Sunday night blessing, to get a win. We always call them growing up splash over blessings. It ain't enough to get splash over blessings on Wednesday and Sunday, but it's got to be on Monday. The Holy Ghost has full control. The Holy Ghost has full control on Tuesday when I used to lose my temper. Now that red flag pops up and says no 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 not here why because I'm being fully controlled amen amen it's not enough just to say I live for God but I have to be controlled by God everyone said red flags you ever been you ever went to do something wrong and you felt something kind of rise up like you better not do that that's called conviction That's called the Lord checking your spirit, saying you best be careful with that. You better be careful where you're doing here. You better be careful with what's going on because that is the Holy Ghost trying to have full influence in your life. That's the Holy Ghost trying to have full control. I asked a question out on hands. Just answer it for yourself. Who is in control in your life? Who is really calling the shots in your life? If I'm stubborn spirited, and God knows I have been before, if I'm hard hearted, you have an old bottle, and an old bottle can't handle what the new fresh spirit brings. What do you mean? Jesus said in Luke 5 No man putteth new wine into old bottles. He said, If you try doing that, the new wine will burst the bottles. It'll be spilled and the bottle, he said, he's speaking spiritually to you and I as vessels, the bottle's going to perish. He said, but new wine must be put into new bottles and both preserved. Listen to what Ezekiel said. The Lord said, a new heart also will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh and I, he said, will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you shall keep my judgments and do them. God said the new covenant would involve giving us a new heart and a new spirit. He said the old wine, that that old old nasty hard-hearted man or woman, he said when it loses its ability to expand, It runs the risk of breaking. It runs the risk of shattering. That's why it is vital. Please hear me today. I know it's different and I believe tonight we'll have something more maybe that'll make you happier but this should make us happy. It has to be something in us that says Lord I'm not interested in being hard and being cold and being dry because if I'm not careful I'll start conforming my life to what I think matters and the Lord said that's not how I play the game boys. How I play the game is simply this either it's my will or it's your will I will not have number two in your life I've got to have preeminence in your mind in your spirit in your family 
God's spirit may have filled you at one time years ago. But if you become hard, if you become cold, if you become stiff over the years with the stiffness or the mindset of doing my own thing, of not doing the will of God, hear me, he cannot control your life. Amen. God will not. He's a gentleman. He, I've never seen him one time force anybody to do anything. That's not what he does. I mean, he loves us. He sends us his word. And he leaves it in our court and he says that it's up to you how you want to be controlled. It's, it's up to you how you want to meet me to influence your life. But I, I cannot make you do anything. He said, I desire, Jeremiah, in chapter 18, I desire to do with the house of Israel like I'm doing with this piece of clay in Jeremiah 18. Jeremiah said, I look and the vessel was not conforming to the potter. And the Bible said he picked up the clay and he slammed it back on the wheel again. He he didn't crush it. He didn't send it away. He just asked Jeremiah that powerful question. Can I, can I not do with the house of Israel like I'm doing right now with this piece of clay? And I ask people in this great church preaching to me, it's not a message of doom and gloom. It's a message of God help me to stay on the potter's wheel. Help me God not to get off before you've done working on me, Jesus. Help me Lord to stay right in the center of your wheel. Why, preacher? Because there is a day coming, I'm telling you, in the Holy Ghost, the bridegroom is coming for his church. And if he doesn't come for his church, we'll go by way of the grave. It don't matter how you go, but the Bible did say, as the tree falleth, so shall it lie. What's that mean? How you go in the grave is how you wake up to God. And we've got to make up in our mind, God, I'm not living just for a bunch of stuff, but I've got to get to a place called heaven. Help me, God to surrender my will, my purpose, my plan. God, I can't do it my way. Come on, clap your hands to him this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. God said, I will work. Who will let it? God said, I desire to do it, but who will let me take the old heart and let me give you a new heart? If you've never experienced the power of the Spirit today, God can change you. I'm telling you, just like that. God can take the brokenness, the hurting pieces of you, and God can put them back together. He just has to have a heart that's surrendered and says, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me, God, of anything. And that goes, please hear me right now, somebody. I'm telling you, you never get too old to repent. I don't care how many years you've been in the church. I pray to God every day you get up. One of the first things you do is you ask the Lord, God, wash me today. I'll never forget Elder G.A. Mang in the POA years ago, Pastor Anthony said of him, he said every day before he leaves his house to come to the church to pray, he repents for 45 minutes before he leaves his house just in case. He said, I don't make it to the house. I want to make sure everything, everything in my heart is right. I want to make sure everything in my spirit's right. I know we don't hear this, but you better hear me today. There is a real place called destruction. We call it hell. There is a real place called heaven. I thank God for heaven. Yes, I do. But as real as there is a heaven, there is a hell. And I'm trying my best to stay out of that. I want to try my best to make sure my babies don't go there. Why? Because the bridegroom's coming. There is a spirit after your kids. There is a spirit after this generation. And there's got to be parents, grandparents, and mom and dads that say, not in my house. Not in my area. 
Hallelujah. Would you lift your hands? Jesus, I pray today, God, help me first, God. Help me not to get complacent. Help me not to get lazy. Help me, God, not to get set in a rut. God, where I forget that, God, I'm just going through the motions. But, God, I've got to be filled with your spirit. I've got to be fully controlled by the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, God desires your lamp, your soul to be filled. He desires you to be fully controlled by his spirit. Why? Because the bridegroom is coming. And he's coming at a time that you think not. I said he's coming at a time that we think not. I, you, cannot keep going my own spiritual way, doing what I want to do. Why? Because the Bible says night is coming when no man can work. He said, work while it is yet day. Help me, God. Help Brad Davis. I'll just preach to me. That makes you feel better. Help Brad, God, to get delivered of complacency. I told you I've been raising this all of my life. It's all I've ever known is Holy Ghost. Powerful preaching. That's all I've ever known. I can take you to places in the old church I was raised and the stories I've heard where men's knuckles would turn white on the backs of pews as conviction began to move. Not fear, but conviction. You see, what is fear? Condemnation drives you away from God. That's how you know that's not God speaking. But conviction draws you to the Savior. And the fear of God would hit churches. And big old burly men would shake under the power. We need that in the apostolic movement. We can't afford to lose that. Well, we're just trying to be. No, 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 friend. We can be modern and apostolic at the same time. We can be Holy Ghost led and Holy Ghost directed and be cutting edge at the same time time but more than anything I need God to reach down and talk to Brad Davis and say Brad you've been living in a rut you've been bound by complacency you've had pride too much you've had this God help me today not to live there and say God it's my life I'll do what I want to do no 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 but God help me to realize the bridegroom's coming I can't afford to sit where I've been sitting I can't afford to stay the same place the bridegroom is on his way never forget our old church maybe I'll do it here I don't know but used to when the bride came down the aisle man they'd crank that organ up as high as it'd go and they'd start playing that wedding procession as they, unless you know Hey, everybody, it's time to stand up. The bride's here. The bride's here. This is your cue. It's time to get up. He's coming, and it's almost, Brother Griffith. I can hear him marching. Hey, my church, it's just me calling for you, telling you it's time to wake up. It's time to get up. Oh, preacher, don't tell me that. I'm comfortable. No, no. Get up. Get up. The hour is late. It's almost going home time. It's time for the body of Christ to rise up and say, God, I refuse to be held hostage where I've been, but I want to go to a place where it is you're moving. Why? Because the bridegroom's coming.
You want to know why we, me, me, you want to know why I fight so much flesh? Why I, not, not necessarily demons trying to attack. They, they, they do attack, yeah. But you want to know why I fight my flesh? It's because my adversary, the devil, you know what he's after? He wants to steal. He wants to kill. And he says things, just be comfortable. Just, just relax. Just take it easy. Why? Because he's marching too. Well, how do you know? The Bible says he is. He goes about as a roaring lion. He's not a lion. He just goes as if he's a lion. There's just one lion. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's been marching for you since you were a baby. And when you came out of your womb and when you reached the age of accountability, that devil's been marching after you and so is heaven. And the only thing left is called your free will. And God says, who will you surrender to? God says, I, I feel in the Holy Ghost that ask somebody, who are you going to yield to in these last sunsetting years of your life? Whatever you do, do not get weary now and well doing. But whatever you do, Stand up and say, God, I know I've been weary. I know I've been in a rut, God, but I've got to shake myself from a sleep. I've got to make my call and my election. Sure, why? The bridegroom's coming. It's got to be a prayer meeting of repentance in my life. What happens when I repent? Luke said, repent in Acts 3. And be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. Now I just felt something here. Do you know we sometimes read that scripture as promiscuous living? That's just, I ain't a sinner. I'm not ungodly. There's another verse in the Bible that says where iniquity does a, I'm sorry, the Bible says that when where iniquity abounds, the love of many shall grow cold. Why? Because iniquity was abounding, he said. You know what that word iniquity means? It means lawlessness. Deeper means, it means those who would not obey the word. It, ain't, it, it is dealing with sinful ways, but it's also dealing with, God said, you better get that out of your spirit. You better get bitterness under control. You better get that hate out of your heart. You better make sure you're living a, a godly life. You better make sure you're not being diseased with comfort. He said, because if you're not careful, you fall into that category of iniquity where it's not huge sin, quote unquote, whatever that means. It's not big sins, Lord. It's just little things. But don't forget the Bible says, it's just the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's just the small things that don't make much sense that we think I'm going to go to hell. I could be lost. I thought there's grace and mercy. You better believe there is. I'm probably the biggest grace and mercy preacher you'll hear preach but I'm telling you right now, besides your pastor, but I'm telling you right now there's got to be something in you that says God, I thank you for grace but I also know there is a side of God that says I love you with unconditional love but I do not break my law from nobody. I do not bend the rules from nobody. You've got to come to me and you've got to let me change you and work on you and do a work in your life. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face 
and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. First John, if we, if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'm appealing to, appealing to us as great saints of God today. Help us, Holy Ghost, to be aware that the hour we're living in, it's very, very late. Help us to be aware that where we are right now on the timetable of prophetic end time prophecy, whatever's going on, I don't really know. But enough has happened in Matthew 24 that he could come back today and God is calling for his bride to make sure she is standing, to make sure she's not asleep at the door. God, help us not to fall asleep in the house of bread. God, help us not to become so lazy and so drunk on the house of bread that we've heard it all of our lives. It's just something I've heard. No, no, no. It better be fresh in your spirit in 24. It better be God help me today. Make sure my heart and my mind is right with you, God. God told Joel, rend your heart, not your clothes. In other words, don't just let it be what I say, but Lord, help me to really mean it when I say it. Help me, God, to make sure that when it comes time for me to stand before you in eternity, that God, I didn't let what they said, what they did, I didn't let those wounds destroy me in the end. Help me, God, that at the end of it all, that I don't let I don't let what happened to me 20 years ago keep on feeding and festering in my spirit. But God, help me be delivered of all malice. Help me to be delivered of anything in my heart that is not like you, Jesus. It doesn't matter. Please hear me, somebody. It doesn't matter what they said that you can't seem to let go of. Even if you were in the right, you have to let it go. You have to let go of those things. Why, preacher? Because the bridegroom's coming and when he comes he's coming for a spotless bride do you know if anybody had a right to hold a grudge it was the man who hung on a cross and it was the man who did no sin who did nothing wrong and yet he screamed those famous words from Calvary and it still reaches the 2024 father forgive them for they know not what they do it's a Stephen sitting there and he's looking at a man called Saul who will be the greatest apostle to ever live. And this man Saul is holding his garments as the people are stoning an apostolic preacher. And Stephen looks into heaven and he gets a glimpse of Jesus and he says the same words. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Friend, you've got to get that spirit in you today. God, I forgive them. I don't care what they did. I don't care what they said. I will not be lost. So stand. This is the danger. This is the danger of holding on. Someone call it petty hurts. Someone call it deep hurts. Hurts or hurts. But the danger is this. Because the Bible said, beware. That's the root of bitterness spring up in you and by it defile many. He said, be, be, beware that you think, well, I'll get over this one day, but then your, your kids can't get over it. 
and then they're, they're fighting hate in their heart 20 years from now over something you're already over. There's some things that you have to make up in your mind. I'm going to take it to an altar and I'm going to leave it there. And when I get up, Brother Lawrence, I will not take it home. Because I've been guilty, brother, of forgiving people. And then when I saw them, I picked it back up. And I said, I love you, but I just can't forgive you right now. How, how do I know I'm over the hurt? Easy. When I can shake your hand and I feel nothing in my heart against you. When I can hug your neck and I don't feel that hot fire in my spirit, then I know, okay, all is well. What am I doing? I'm trying, God, to leave a memorial. Why? Because the greatest, the greatest blessing in your life, I'm telling you, is, you know this, is your kids, your grandkids. That's your greatest blessing. Scripture said, I have no greater joy than to know my children walk in truth. Now, I can't control what my kids do when they're 18, neither can you, so don't beat yourself up over stuff you can't control. That's not the will of God. But what I can do is live a life of God. I forgive them, I let it go. I get my heart right. I get my spirit right. I want to make sure every service I come, I'm on my tiptoes, just waiting. Because this could be the night. This could be the day that he blows that trumpet. And because I did what I could when all was well, everything comes to a head I'll realize what I did hear me right now what I did preparing when all was well prepared me for this day when God either called me home or God called for the rapture of the church behold the bridegroom he's coming preacher do you know a day no I don't know a day Jesus did say as lightning cometh out of the east in the west, as fast as you see that, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Don't let, hear me please, don't let a hard heart rob you of what God wants to do through you. Don't, don't, don't let, I'm telling you, don't let emotional hurts, emotional distress rob you of what it is that God is wanting to do through you and your family. You want to know why, and I, I'm done with this, you want to know why Sister Job, and I'm going to preach about Job tonight, but you want to know why Job's wife got released in the end? It's because before everything, anything ever happened, Job made a vow. Job made a covenant and when his wife, rightfully so when his wife was falling to pieces Job didn't get bitter and angry over what was going on he had questions but he didn't get mad at God nor charge God foolishly and in the end his wife produced again in the end he received back double for his loss why? because in his moment of tragedy in his moment of when he could have just threw his hands up and blamed God for everything he said, God, I realize it's bigger than me. There's a wife here. There's a family here. I'm trying my best to keep it all together. Because I want to be blessed 
in my home, in my marriage, in my family. God, help me as a father. Help me as a wife. God, help us to keep our hearts pure, our hearts right, to keep our minds clear of any confusion, any doubts, any sins, anything that would try to stop the flow of the Holy Ghost. Help us, God, to get in line and to get in order with your will. Every head bowed, please. I understand this is a very different message today. But I strongly feel the Lord wanted me to come and just simply just encourage to awaken and tell you, you've you got to shake yourself from the sleep you've been in. If, if you feel it, may not be everybody. It could just be five or six. But whoever it is, God, I know for a fact, I, I've, I've not been where I'm supposed to be. I've not lined up with you. I've just been living life my own way. I've not taken it seriously, God. I just come to church on Wednesday and Sunday. It's just what I do. It's just going through the motions. It's just living life. We all do it. I do it as a pastor. I get in such a rut sometimes. I have to shake myself. Brad, you can't be doing that. Every service matters. Every day matters. And today, all I ask you to do before we come pray is I ask you, first of all, in the pew, let's examine ourselves. Let's ask the Lord, Lord, help me. God, show me if there's any way or any area in my life that's not right with you. God, if there's any place in me, God, that's not, that's, not, that's not living up to par with your purpose, with your plan, help me, God, to get out of complacency. Help me, God, to get out of a rut. God, if that's me, Lord, just help me to do the best that I can, God, to rise above that. I really want to be filled with the Spirit. Would you help me pray today? Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus for this wonderful church. God, help me, Lord, first of all, God, to make sure my heart, my mind, my soul, my spirit is in order with you, God, is in, is in line with your purpose, is in line with your will, I pray, oh God, help me, Lord, not to be consumed by what I want, but God, is what you want. I want to be fully controlled by you today in the name of Jesus. Why don't we come today if you want? It doesn't mean you're in sin. But let's come find a place to pray. Let's ask the Lord to help us today. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, God can fill you in this room today. All you have to do is ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins. He can fill you with His Spirit. You'll speak in a heavenly language when He fills you today. Come on, Paris. We need you, God. I need you in my life. The ride group's coming. For above all else, I've got to be saved. Come on, church. Help me, Holy Ghost, to make sure my heart.